time for some overlooked stocks. A few earnings that may not be the headline, but definitely deserve some attention. In fact, maybe the cloud winner is here. George Tillis is going to walk us through NetApp first. George, so we've talked about this business before, uh, GT, and uh, it seems like if you have to pick between NetApp, Splunk, Snowflake, looks like NetApp's the way to go right now. It is. Uh, the reason being is it's basically one of these legacy hardware companies that's turned uh, software in terms of the uh, the multi-array cloud. Other companies that are sort of competing are Fastly, Coupa Software, and a couple of the others you mentioned, like Snowflake and Splunk. But uh, if you look at NetApp, it's it's essentially a value technology name, and one of its major competitors are, uh, are Dell Technologies, but it just continues to chug along. It's up uh, year to date, about 24%, but let's take a look at the uh, the results. Uh, that actually came in from an earnings standpoint, they came in around a buck 15, the estimate was 95 cents. Uh, so they beat that estimate and then top line sales. Uh, they were actually expected to be a little bit lower than last quarter, but they actually beat the number coming in at around uh, $1.43 billion uh, versus the uh, 1.45 versus 1.43, which is about a 10% uh, increase relative to the same quarter last year. It looks like their gross billings number was up about 20% as well. And that's for their services uh, business. So I'm not surprised to see it to the upside, but overall uh, the company itself has uh, performed quite well over the last year. Uh, when you look at its profitability, around 22% profit margin, only trading around 25 PE and essentially revenues uh, that are around uh, 10 to 12% on the last uh, four quarters. So you're essentially seeing a company that's generating about two times profitability to sales, gross margins that are in the 60 plus percent range as well as a pretty uh, pretty nice dividend yield of about 2%. Hmm. That never hurts, paying a dividend in the cloud space. I mean, they've got a little advantage here, to your point, George, about uh, having uh, legacy, you know, and being able to move pretty quickly. This is a company that uh, for a while we talked about in the context of Cisco and competing uh, with some of the transition from hardware to software. I mean, they still make money on the hardware side, uh, and it's a pretty diversified model here where uh, there's a, a even split to some degree. I mean, software revenue, uh, a little under half a billion dollars, and then the uh, hardware support and services revenue, uh, a little bit under half a billion dollars. Total product revenue, which is growing 16% in a big way. And then the billings, as you mentioned, also growing 20%. So I guess what's different here is to some degree that dividend, right, George? I mean, like, you know, 15, 20% growth, that's great. You can get more than that, though, in some software companies, but you may not get a dividend. You're not. And the thing is, is a lot of these software companies, like, let's say, Snowflake or even Splunk, I mean, if you look at them relative to companies like NetApp or Dell, or even companies like Fastly or Coupa Software, which are in the same sort of industry group when it comes down to data management and, and essentially multi-array cloud or edge cloud computing. I mean, if you look at what's going on, well, I think we're seeing a multiple compression in a lot of these growth-centric names. If you just look at NetApp's top-line sales growth in, in the, uh, the low double digits, that's fantastic in this environment where we're seeing valuation compressions uh, come, come to play and a lot of these uh, faster growing, newer companies. NetApp has transitioned itself. It's got a large market share. It's integrated its hardware with its uh, edge cloud computing and software. It is a, a company that generates a massive amounts of free cash flow. I mean, if you just look at the top line sales number for the last four quarters, let's just round it up to about $6 billion. 
they generated over $2 billion in free cash flow. So this is a free cash flow machine. It's a valuation play. It pays a dividend. And from a, from a profitability standpoint, uh, like I said, with EBITDA margins or net margins around 22% and it's trading at a PE around 25, one would consider that it's still a good value despite the nice movement the stock has made uh, up about 24% in the last uh, year to date. All right, well, it's moving in the aftermarket again. And uh, it's a pretty impressive breakout. The only one of these companies that we can say is breaking out on the chart this afternoon. Salesforce trying, uh, but it's got a ways to go still given those highs from last year. Uh, Salesforce actually is now only about a buck higher in the aftermarket. So to Alex's point there, we need to wait for the price action in a company that has gotten uh, used to uh, showing beats. NetApp here, though, really something different happening uh, and uh, the chart breaking out. George, let's go over to perhaps, uh, interestingly enough, the most exciting move this afternoon is probably in Williams-Sonoma. I mean, we've talked about this business for a while, George. As you pointed out, they have a very unique place in the retail industry. They command brand power. They command higher prices. And they're more like a restoration hardware, RH, in some extent. They just uh, shocked with uh, raising the dividend, and the shares just popped to almost $200, which is a new all-time high. So this one, OJ, just it doesn't continue to surprise me. And then the stock's fundamentals are just really sound. Now, about 70% of its sales for Williams and Sonoma, which is basically one of the leaders in the $100 billion you know, domestic home furnishings uh, uh, market, they just continue to execute, execute from a sales standpoint and a financial flexibility standpoint. Because as you mentioned just a moment ago, raising the dividend, increasing share buybacks by uh, $1.25 billion, that just gives you an idea how confident they are in their business. Stock price is moving to the upside. They actually came in and beat the estimate. Uh, it looks like 324 was the number versus 258 in terms of dollars and cents per share. Uh, looking at it last quarter, $2.93. So we're comparing quarter over quarter, 324 this quarter versus 293. And then, of course, looking at top line sales, 1.95 billion versus the estimate of 1.8. Last quarter, 1.53. So they just continue to execute. Same store sales, at least what I read, was 29%. Estimate was 23.1%. Gross margin adjusted was uh, expected to be 39%. I haven't seen that number just yet. I assume it's probably higher than the expectations because of the price action, OJ. Yeah. But uh, look, Williams and Sonoma, the namesake brand, Pottery Barn, they've got the West Elm, which uh, caters to young adults, and uh, Rejuvenation, which is basically uh, competing with Home Depot in the uh, the home lightings business. So hmm. really expanding, but 70% of, uh, of their sales are e-commerce. So this is a company that needs to maintain that brand integrity because uh, e-commerce is great, but you do face a lot more competition in that, uh, in that realm. The top line growth here for a furniture company, pretty good stuff, 30 per, 31%. They're growing faster than the cloud businesses we were just talking about. This is where I wonder, George, how careful do people need to be? I mean, look, it's just the market is, is, is just uh, unstoppable. Uh, right now. In many ways, it makes sense that this type of business would be at an all-time record when housing is in a situation that is unprecedented, only, you know, comparable to, you know, the mortgage crisis. But we've got a lot of different fundamentals and it's uh, very robust. So it would make sense then if people are snapping up houses that they're snapping up, you know, light fixtures and all the other things that Williams-Sonoma sells. But George, I mean, we've gone from Twenty dollars uh, at the the thirty dollars from the COVID low to one hundred and seventy pre-COVID. The stock uh, never got above eighty bucks. I mean, 
how far does uh, a s simple real you know uh, retail company how far can it go yeah, so it's a great question, OJ. We, we don't know. At some point in time, we'll, we'll find a position or the company will be positioned where the rate of change in terms of its earnings and revenue growth will, will start to peak out. Right. You know, how long can they actually maintain Is that the here? number of, of same-source sales growth at close to 24%? Yeah, so so look, how do you manage this? It's, it's been in an upward trend, and it's very simple, just using a 30-period moving average and, uh, and, and placing a stop loss like 1% or 2% below that. That's it. Right. It's the only way you can manage a trade like this because it can continue for quite some time. But at some point in time, I agree with you, it'll roll over. We just don't know when. So you just have to continue with the trend as long as it exists. Wild stuff. All right. Uh, William Sonoma uh, now uh, just up an enormous amount, uh, trading near 200 bucks in the aftermarket on the past year now. That brings its rally to about 80%. Uh, so uh, percentage-wise, I guess there's more extreme things out there. But uh, at what point do these retail trades now become like the new meme stocks, right? It's just... 30% up, people are going to catch wind. Dick Sporting Goods, William Sonoma, Macy's. I mean, just an absolutely eye-popping week here for retail. Hey, George, real quick, 60 seconds, Ulta Beauty. It came into the report at highs and beat estimates. It looks like we're going to get a nice rally there, too. Yeah, so look at the uh, just the earnings themselves. Looks like 456 was the number versus 242 uh, compared to last year. Again, it's 500% increase, but uh, we got to look at 2019 comparisons. 60% sales growth for the company, 1.97 billion versus 1.76. If you actually look at what they did, earnings this quarter 456, last quarter at 410. So that's a, a, a about 11 or 12% increase quarter over quarter now. And then last quarter's sales were about uh, 1.9 uh, billion. So we got 1.97 this quarter, 60%, like I said, uh, was the uh, was the figure. I didn't look at the comp sales OJ just yet, but the estimates here for the for the company are about 44.8% in adjusted gross margins at about 35.9. Yeah, those are two metrics analysts are going to be looking for. I see the volatility in the after hours. Uh, but they did look like they raised guidance on the low end for EPS from 1150 to 1450. That's a significant increase in top line sales uh, at the midpoint, 8.2 billion from 7.75. So guidance looks good. I'm sure the analysts are going to be looking for those uh, those gross margin as yep. well as same store sell comp numbers. I got it for you, George. I got the operating margin here. Okay. They brought up their uh, outlook for the operating margin to 13% for the operating margin, not the gross. They had projected 11%, right. so they moved that up 200 bips to 13%. And then also their comp sales guidance uh, of 30 to 32%. They had said 23 to 25. So Ulta here just totally crushing every single measure uh, across the board. So rewarded for it. We got to run. George Tillis, nice, uh, very interesting earnings this afternoon.